3: so we own it hi i'm tamika d mallory and
4: i'm my son lennon and this is street politicians the the place where
3: the the streets streets and politics politics meet we're in kentucky we're living in louisville fighting for brianna taylor you all know uh from being our trusted and faithful friends followers and supporters that we have been fighting for brianna taylor for the last several months We found out in late May that this young sister had been killed in her home on March 13th. And when you look into the details, there is absolutely no justification for why police officers showed up at her home in the middle of the night were unwilling to announce themselves and to explain to Kenny Walker, her boyfriend, and Brianna Taylor who was on the other side of the door and why, and therefore, she was killed, uh, and we have been standing with her family, her mother, Tamika Palmer, uh, her entire family, her sister, Janiyah, and others, really, really trying to find a way uh, that pushes the leadership not just in Louisville, but in the state of Kentucky overall to ensure justice for Breonna Taylor. And so living here in Louisville has been quite an experience. Later uh, in the show, we're going to be talking to our co-founders about the decision that we made to come and live in Louisville and what it has really uh, been like uh, to be humble enough to enter another uh, community where we're not known and try to make sure that we're actually being good neighbors. It's been quite an experience. It's
4: been quite an experience, <laughs> man. But shout out to the whole local. They have definitely showed us love. Um, we've been organizing. We've been going to the community, going to the most marginalized community, giving our resources, just building community, you know, just understanding what this community needs. You know, it's not just Breonna Taylor here. I know Brianna Taylor is the main focus that we talk about, but there is so much going on in Louisville. Yeah. You know, a few days... Ago, we found out a three-year-old girl was shot. A you few know, we,
3: days from when we first moved from in. when we first moved yeah. in,
4: you know, we found out she was killed, and her father was killed. And, you know, when you go to the communities, there's food deserts here. You know, violence is rampant. Um, poverty is rampant here. You know, and there, but there are a lot of people on the ground that really are doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, so we wanna come. We wanted to come here and uplift what they're doing. We wanted to uplift their voices. We wanted to uplift Be- Brianna Taylor's case. You know, and bring some light to that. So just moving here seemed like the best thing to do because you decided that we needed to do it. But, you know, in hindsight, when you look back and look at how we built with this community, how we started to create a family, you know, we did BriannaCon, which we definitely received flack for, but the community loved it. You yeah, know, well, when you can... say
3: we received flack, there were people on social media mm-hmm. and some media outlets. Who really were trying to challenge our uh, sincerity, and mm-hmm. we're trying to challenge uh, what Breonna Khan meant, and they said we were trying to benefit from our for the conference. And I think what happened was that people didn't know at the time that it was a free conference; yeah. they had no idea. So I think then once they figured that out, then it became, oh well, still the language. Um, is you know it's not it's harmful to Brianna's name and to this fight and then and her family wasn't involved and then they found out the family was involved and they were like well but still like it just, it just people were it, just looking for and reason. that's what I'm saying
4: there was conflict and there was you know people gave us flack about it but ultimately you know every day of the four days that we had something for Brianna Khan was life changing you know you had a woman empowerment event in which. Uh, all the women who I seen left there talked about how they were empowered and motivated to to bring people in, to communicate with people they haven't communicated, they would, to do things they haven't normally done. Um, we had a, a men's event, Brothers for Brianna, and we sat there and talked about how we need to show up for women in this time, how we need to protect our women, how we need to you know, allow them to lead, to stand by, to protect them, how we need to just show up in this time. And it was really powerful, and, you know, then there was the barbecue, which was the barbecue that we named after Brianna, in which we had performances. Shout out to Rhapsody, my boy Trey, you know, um, other local artists who came and did an amazing job. And, you know, and that was One of those enlightening moments where you've seen people, we had food to give away. People just had a good time. And we supported many black businesses. Many black businesses that day. You know, every business there that we supported was a black business. We gave away everything. Then there was the revival in which we have faith leaders and preachers come give us words. Like I was full, you know, and then we did the day of action in which Well you oh, missed was, the
3: press conference where oh, the families press conference. came yeah. together, families who um, have had loved ones as victims of police brutality or white vigilante violence came together to stand up uh, with and for Breonna Taylor's family and specifically pushing for Breonna's law, which would ban no-knock warrants. And we know that the no-knock warrant is at the center of how Breonna was killed and how police officers were even allowed to go to her home that evening. Um, And so the entire conference, it was very full. I think that what we ended up doing was Using Brianna Khan and a name that may have been to some people sensationalized, if you will. And we used it as an opportunity to, at every juncture of the conference, introduce Brianna and all the elements of her case to different audiences. And the different elements of her case and the different elements of her interests, things that she actually was interested in based upon her family, and uh, the issues that are happening just in society in general. I think at every single moment, it empowered people or gave people the information that they need to go into their communities and do real work, substantive Mm -hmm. work, to make substantive changes and differences within themselves. Um, And I saw people at the Tuesday action. So we started on Saturday um, with the empowerment events and then Sunday, like you said, with the BBQ Monday was a policy day when it was more about, you know, people talking about Brianna's Law and other important initiatives happening happening across the state of Kentucky. Um, and then on Tuesday, we did our actual protest, which we, which we are most known for. And I saw people who showed up that said, listen, I came on Saturday. I'm not really involved in the movement. This is not something that I usually would do. But after being with you all in space on Saturday, I found, you know... I found a way to get involved. And I think, you know, for me, um, what we know is that everyone is not going to be a part of the movement regardless. But that there are some people that just need an entry point. They need something that helps them like to realize that, okay, I I don't have to be a church going, you know, um, you know, super, super um, righteous individual to to also be able to stand up for justice. Mm -hmm. And perhaps I can move closer to some of those things, but I don't have to start there.
4: Exactly. And that's and that's what it is. I think that's what we do it until freedom. I think. That was one of the mind states that we had behind creating Until Freedom, is that we realized that the movement didn't look inviting to everyone. You know, a lot of people didn't see space. They didn't see themselves in a lot of different organizations. And a lot of these legacy organizations, though doing amazing work. It just doesn't seem like people see themselves in it. You know, I, I remember when I first got into the movement, I didn't see myself. You know, the reason I was invited in by you guys, but I never saw myself in the movement. I just integrated into it, but I never really saw myself. I never feel like there was space for me. And I started to create my own space. And as I created my space in it, you know, I realized that there was a need for an organization, for people who just saw themselves. Not having to force yourself and create a space and having to look different and, you know, be an anomaly. I wanted what I do to seem regular. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that was part of what we did when we created Until Freedom. And I think that's what we did this weekend with the Brewer Q and how we've been organizing here. And I think it's been a lot successful. You know, hopefully, you know, we've received some level of justice. You know, but if not, we're still fighting here and we're building the infrastructure and we're building up and we're building up a lot of these grassroots organizers who are brilliant, who've been doing this work, who've been tired. Like, we created something that replenished energy. Mm-hmm. Inside the town And I think the people Not who- just
3: inside the town Because we brought A lot of people In with us Who've actually Been living with exactly. us In Louisville um, That have that also, they have things going on in their own towns, but they needed the replenishment as well. And, you know, I think we've built sort of a, a camaraderie, a family, uh, by having people living actually together rather than living in hotel rooms where there's a wall between you, but actually sharing common space, having dinner together every night, having brunch together every day, um, and having these conversations, and also working on a project together. In two weeks, we work together. 25 people on building Briannacon and throughout the process um, I feel like people uh, they have they have tested their skills they have stretched their bounds, There's so much to it. And we learn learn so much from each other because I certainly have learned a lot. And I think I also have found myself teaching, teaching and learning at the table. So soon we're going to be joined by Linda Sarsour and uh, Angelo uh, Pinto, our co-founders, to talk about their experience with um, this entire living in Louisville, fighting for uh, Breonna Taylor, justice for Breonna Taylor, situation and effort. But, you know, now, uh, Lord, Chadwick uh, Boseman has passed away, which is so traumatizing. I mean, it's traumatizing for so many reasons. It's traumatizing because he's a young black man. So even if he had been like, you know, just a regular guy and you heard about him dying, it would be traumatizing because cancer sucks, which we know. Um, But then just to see how much he's actually done for the culture in the short period of time that I know him, like I'm sure others have been uh, acquainted with him for a longer period of time. But for me, I came into contact with him a little bit before Black Panther. I can't remember exactly what the movie was, but I knew he was. And then when Black Panther came out, you know, all of us know what that movie did. It, It helped us to see ourselves, right, like to see the warrior in us. And to see what real unity could look like. Mm -hmm. Um, And to know that he has... He didn't just play a role, but he also spoke truth to power. You know, he spoke out against injustice. um, And he uh, lended himself to this moment in our culture. It's really important. And to find out that he passed away, it's like... I think we could all agree that the good ones always go.
4: I think it was... I think, um, like, I put on my... Instagram today, I think he served his purpose. Like, he sent, he was sitting here God sent. And you know, the roles that he played specifically as T'Challa and... Jackie Robinson, right? Jackie Robinson. That's it. That's,
3: that's, that's
4: it. He did Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson. He was it. Thurgood mm-hmm. Marshall. He was um, James Brown. Like, he right. played... Intru, intru, instrumental parts of black people that you know that changed history for us. and but I think what he did as a child and Wakanda was something that was different. I think he made us aspire. He made us believe that this community of black people who are empowered, who are strong, who are intelligent, who are not poor, who are not stressed out, who live amongst each other and you know in community in love, and you know it's possible. You know, he made us, Wakanda, when we say Wakanda forever, people started to identify, like, Wakanda forever, like, it was a real thing, and even though you knew Wakanda was fake, but for us, it was something to aspire to, it still was something, I remember, you know, I'm wearing this um, dashiki right now, in remembrance of him, and also when my um, gold and, and purple for Kobe, you know, I said, that we lost the Black Mamba and the Black Panther, you know, in the same year, and You know, it just gave us something to aspire to. And I remember when I went to the movie and I brought my sons, they are dashikis, and we went to the the movies and they was screaming Wakanda and we did the thing. And it was just, it was something that was different about that, you know? And I think him losing his life is is calling us to say, we have to, that dream, that picture he painted about Wakanda is something that we have to do. We have to create that Wakanda for ourselves. So I think it's calling us to our higher mission. You know, so R.I.P., to Chadwick Bozeman.
3: So let's bring Linda and Angelo in and talk about this Kentucky. First of all, both of them are just as devastated about Chadwick. I mean, just R.I.P. like you said. And I think we should bring them in to talk about this whole experience of being in Kentucky, how we're all exhausted. I think last night when I learned that Chadwick Boseman Bozeman passed away, I was like, I am literally exhausted. I'm literally exhausted. And some of us are are living um, on the fringes uh, and we're living in in a space where Mm -hmm. we're like, this year has done something for us. Like, it's really been an an awakening year. Um, Tragedy and triumph. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of it together has just been so... um, moving.
4: Yeah, it's moving. It's been
3: moving.
4: Yeah, I think, you know, God makes you uncomfortable where you at so you can have to change, you know. So Or we
3: make ourselves uncomfortable uncomfortable by saying we're going to go move to a place like Louisville. Whatever it is. <laughs> change is happened,
4: so, yeah.
3: So now we've been joined by our friends, our co-founders of Until Freedom. Um, a great in- organization as far as I'm concerned that is going to be one of the absolute most historic movements uh, movement leaders of our time Um, you know we're joined by you all Attorney Angelo Pinto and Linda Sarsour
4: co-founders of Until Freedom
3: co-founders, our besties in the culture in this movement Um, and we were just talking before you all came about how Somebody somewhere came up with this great great idea that we needed to move to Kentucky. And it's been quite a humbling experience. I mean, for me, it's been humbling. Humbling is a good way to describe it. (laughs) Very good. Being away from our nice way. Usual. Yeah. Angelo. What you think?
7: I think I think it was a great idea. I mean, I think in this moment it calls for us to do something different, but it comes with a tremendous amount of sacrifice. And you know, we still haven't gotten to where
4: we need to get. So we might be here for longer than we expected.
3: Yeah, we might be here longer.
6: <laughs> so, Linda,
4: what, what do you feel about the experience?
6: I mean, I've been part of Tamika's crazy ideas for a long time. I mean, I've marched from New York City <laughs> to Washington, D.C. for 250 miles. And I've, done a, I've had to do a lot of crazy things with Tamika. And sometimes you may not see the vision in the beginning, but you know that there's, it's something that's going to be powerful, and eventually, once you do it, you understand the impact that it had. So, it's crazy. I'm not going to lie about that. But I've had a humbling experience. I feel like we've all built really deep relationships, not just with amongst us four, but amongst others that you know are our friends, uh, and also just. Being able to meet people in Louisville. I don't know. Louisville grew on me. Like, I feel like. You got it. Because
4: like, when you start saying Louisville Louisville. 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 You know what I'm saying? Because we yeah, came here saying right. Louisville, Louisville and Louisville. Now I you say Louisville. Right. I said it right from the front. You yeah, never right. said oh, it. All right,
3: Angelo.
5: <laughs> but <laughs> you know what?
3: Uh, there's a meme that I saw. You know, memes are like uh, Bible scriptures That's at right. this point that said, uh, Noah looked crazy until it started raining. He sure did. And people think that we're like crazy. Like, oh, what are they moving there for? Then what do they do? Brianna Khan. Why was BriannaCon Khan necessary? It was a mockery yeah. and all of that. Um, you know, Des- marching doesn't mean anything.
7: They- mm? Marching means a whole lot.
3: But I'm just saying, these are the things they say. So they. Noah, they, so Noah looked crazy <laughs> until it started raining. Yeah. But Brianna Khan was amazing. It amazing. Really was. It really it was.
4: was um, for me... Just seeing the unity, just bringing people who normally had never been together, you know, just providing resources to a community that you know has been deprived these resources, you know, and just seeing, just bringing a smile to Breonna Taylor's mother's face, Tamika Mm -hmm. Palmer, and the family and, you know, her sister and the aunts and just seeing them come out and enjoy. There's a moment at the Brieber you know, which we got a lot of flack for you know, where there's pain, Jake, I mean, Kendrick Lamarck's song, We're Gonna Be, mm-hmm. be Alright, and she was just jumping up, and we were just in the middle, and it was just like, you know, even in the tryingness of times, as we deal with so much pain, I know she's dealing with pain, mm-hmm. we were able to create that moment that's going to be a moment that lasts forever. I know that's going to be a time that she looks back on and be like, yo, I remember that moment that people yeah. look back on.
3: You know what's so interesting about that day, too? She uh, just got the news before she showed up at the BBQ that there was going to be an article to come out later in the week Mm -hmm. that basically Mm -hmm. attempted to assassinate her daughter's character. Mm -hmm. So she knew about that coming into the BBQ and was really sad when she first got there. She was like, I really kind of want to go home. And I asked her to do an interview, to do one or two other things, and then we made sure she got food, Her family members showed up. And over time, as it went on and the day continued, you began to see her realize that just going home to be angry alone wasn't going to deal with, like, any of it. Actually, she needed to stay there and give people the energy that they need to keep fighting. Absolutely. I mean, we've always had the theys in everything that we've ever done. There's
6: always a they said or the they criticized us. We never are, in fact, 100% sure who the days are um, but we continue to move forward I think
3: we became very sure who the days were. oh I mean some of the days (laughs) oh yeah we we found out yeah with the women's women's march March, we knew the days.
6: they were pretty they ended up being pretty clear but I think um for us (laughs) doing like the organizing that we did you know one of the things I always tell people all the time like y'all are organizers we're organizers too and I think oftentimes people want to question each other's strategy like anybody knows better than anybody and and one of the principles of nonviolence that we practice is you know suspend your judgment, ask some questions. If there's something that's not clear to you, pick up the phone and call somebody and ask some questions. I think we're in a type of culture where everybody, whatever question you have, whatever have commentary you have, it goes online before it goes back to the actual people that you know are actually doing the work. I mean, we shouldn't be questioned um, about you know our intentions or we, you could criticize our approach. And I'm not saying that we're above critique and then we should never be above critique, but right. I think a lot of people know us well enough to know what we've done in the last two decades and and not and, and also how strategic we are. Like everybody knows that about us. I mean we're not we didn't just show up to the movement and I think oftentimes the critiques come up from a place like like we just started doing this.
3: But then if that's the case, then perhaps I'm wrong for for saying that the advice given to LeBron by President Obama was um, pitiful. Nothing is happening. I mean, I don't. Think, I don't <laughs> well, what do you me mean? She me just, just said all the stuff. But the mom. thing is, this
4: you no. Know, she said you're not above critique, right? So yeah, neither. is you know, he. So w- when you look at the situation, you look at the time we in. You look at what the move, the within, moment, the moment called for, and you understood that when LeBron and the other teams who said, you know, we're not going to play," the ripple effect it caused throughout just the world. That's right. You know, the sports world. The, Baseball players start playing, tennis courage players start is playing. Like, mm-hmm. courage courage is 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 so when you when you see what you did and understand that every owner, everybody had to say, okay, what do we need to do to fix this? Mm-hmm. And you didn't utilize that time to actually fix the problem because right. we went there saying, yo, that Jacob Blake was shot, mm-hmm. and this was a catastrophe, and we mm-hmm. wasn't taking. He said, "Fuck this shit, we tired. it." Mm-hmm. Right? That was his his words. So if you went in there and you had a conversation, I don't, I don't, and I don't want to put a lot of burden on you, but I'm asking you, what was the decision that made you say? They
3: decided to start some social justice initiatives within each team so that each team has an opportunity to really figure out what they can do to be a better part of this fight. So that's important. And then they also decided that many of the stadiums are going to be open for voting.
4: So what about Jacob Blake? Well, How does that help Jacob Blake? Because the, I, I, thought, I, thought not, that, I thought that's not I thought the strikes was because you were mad about it what happened to Jacob by. Blake. I think the players in Minnesota, I mean not in Minnesota, in Milwaukee, yeah. being that they were from the town where this happened were angry about what happened and yeah. wanted to make a show of solidarity and say, we're not playing. So if you weren't playing, then what were you not playing for? You were just mad, or did you want to see some results? Did you want to see officers fired? Did you want to see officers charged? Like, what was it about?
3: Okay, well, Angela, maybe you have an opinion on so
7: this because I, my sense is, I think even for us being in Louisville, the, we're in a movement right now, right? And national uprisings, the world is changing and being transformed. But there's moments in the course of a movement that emerge, and in those moments, you can take the movement forward or you could reel it back in. And the NBA, they were in one of those moments where it was like, "Hold on, wait. The movement is happening. A moment has opened it up specifically for you and what you do. Right? Are you going to carry the movement further?" By honoring and capturing your moment. Mm -hmm. Or are you going to do the opposite and set us back five paces, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what they did. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is, I think, for folks who don't do this work, because I think our perspective and our lens is different. Mm -hmm. Folks who don't do this work, they have to make a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. They have to say, you know what, if I do this, I'm risking something. But, but it's, it's gonna right. take us further. It might not take me individually further, mm-hmm. but it will take us collectively further. And I think so for some folks that's too much to risk. That but was that's too a, much to ask when they haven't done it.
4: No, and it makes sense. Right. I did mean to cut you off. No, from, no. That was a statement that Dwight Howard had made prior to, to even the right. season starting. That's right. You know, he was saying, you know, I would love nothing more than to win my first championship. Mm-hmm. But the unity and the championship of my people that's you know, right is something that's even greater that's for right. me. And and that was this moment right mm-hmm. now. Because since you you didn't do it then okay everybody's like well we want to go back this was the moment and you've seen the effects you've seen once you did it how it rippled down everybody Absolutely. was like oh we, we got to stand with you to, the owners want to know what do we have to do to fix this so when you understand that you have that leverage that's right and you
3: and you forfeit it for what sean king tweeted something that i thought was so true he said i'm glad that the milwaukee bucks did not talk to people about their first move before they did it. They didn't, they didn't because mean. people would have talked them out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now the mo
7: and that's the deep thing about this moment is that it's not over yet.
2: No, it's not. No, and
7: they still have the opportunity to do something that can be powerful and transformative. It's gonna cost somebody something though.
3: Well see, but, and that, that and that's the thing. And so I feel like with yours from your perspective, because you're like always the oddball, right? <laughs> you're like, I'm not black, but yet I'm a valuable part of this movement from a strategic perspective, from a passion perspective, and also, you know, <laughs> wow. and also from, from the rest of us being able to learn. But I feel like in your community, what I saw when I was in uh, Palestine, when I was in Palestine, what I saw is people who were willing to sacrifice, mm-hmm. Right. And sacrifice big. But then you said something when we were speaking um, earlier today about how, like, there are people, Muslims, who are part of the establishment also. Like, we all have these elements of our community that's not necessarily for the most radical. Like, we're on the radical hinges. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't you think... Fringes.
6: Fringes. Fringes. I mean, in my community, to be honest with you, like, in the larger Muslim community here, I'm in the mainstream. And the (laughs) the establishment Muslims are actually the fringes in our community, which is why I say the things that I do. That's deep. And I think a lot of times we got to figure out in every community how we become the mainstream. And just back to the original conversation... On criticism, like, I'm not above critique, but that don't mean I have to agree with every critique you have with me, right? Of course. I will listen to advice that you have, but it may not mean, mean that I'm going to agree with the advice that you have. We have to figure out how to all live in spaces and understand that everybody plays a different role. You may not like how I do what I do or what, but don't take away from me that I also put a lot of work and thought into what right. I'm doing. That you know, that people are not all, not everybody's smarter than we are, right? And I'm not saying that sometimes we won't take advice and be like, no, I see what you're talking about. You're right. I'm going to move forward. But a lot of times the, the there's a, a segment of, 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 of the movement and sometimes people that are not even in the movement who are critics without credentials. Like you try to yeah. critique a direct action that I'm doing. Like you ain't never done a direct action. I said, you want to, you know, you're telling me I need to do this, but not to do that. Or you need to do it. My son shouldn't be doing that. What have you done? And what mm-hmm. is the alternative? And a lot of times, if you're going to come to any group of people or any movement space, show me your track record, show me what you got and show me where your expertise comes that you could tell me not to do this or not to say this kind of messaging. And in the Muslim American community, it we had to get to a point where, who's going to be the mainstream voice, who's representative. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even when it comes to a lot of the, you know, controversy that I've been a part of, everybody else thinks it's a controversy. My committee don't think it's a controversy. My mm-hmm. committee is like, whatever she said, because and, see, that's important. And that's important. And, and I think all of us, you know, the, in the movement right now, we got to be the mainstream because what people try to do, they try to push you to one side. So every, the, the Martin Luther King types are trying to grab the Stokely Carmichael types and the Stokely Carmichael types want to take the Martin Luther King's folks and bring it over here. Why don't you all just let everybody be and everybody do what you do the best way that you can do it and at the end of the day when we all stay in our lane, stay in our roles and do the work, we could be... I want them. to
4: be Martin, Malcolm, Carmichael, everybody, Newton. That's <laughs> what I want to be. Call me that. like Because I, I believe all of their strategies combined is yeah. what's going to get us free. Absolutely. And, and, and just like you said, like there has, like you said, I believe that our people have to have that same mm-hmm. mentality. Like, the things that, the controversy, it can't be controversy to us. We can't allow outside people to dictate what's wrong within our communities.
6: Yeah, we, also we when, my, when my saying doing something that I feel is right, if I really am, if this is like my life, I'm all about it and I want to get free, I'm going to grab my brother mice to the side and be like, come over here, let us you and me have a conversation so I can understand where, where, where you're coming from. But what we do is we display our divisions and the cracks in the movement, and then the white supremacists know how to fit themselves right in. And that's what they do. Well, the
7: challenge is, too, the other power brokers in the black community, they don't want to mainstream these things.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: They want—they don't want radical ideas, thoughts, and strategies to be mainstreamed. What we actually want and what they do is it's just a fetish. It's mm-hmm. something I could lift up in a moment and then reel back in quick. It doesn't compromise me. It's actually cool. But if it becomes mainstream then you are no longer the power broker. That's right. And they don't want to compromise that position. So they're very careful the ways in which they engage radical (laughs) thought. Radical (laughs) thought is only something that they play with. It's a dessert. Mm -hmm. like It's not the entree. And what Mm -hmm. we're saying is we want this thing to be the entree in black life. And that's where they're like, hold on, wait, reel that in. That can't be what we're dealing with because it compromises you. Mm -hmm. Because you're in the position because this other kind of passive ideology and approaches are mainstream.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You and me, Angelo, gotta go. So let me ask
3: you one question. Mm-hmm. How long are we going to be in Kentucky?
4: Until we get justice for Brianna Taylor.
3: Is that a real thing? Is it's, that is that real?
4: It has to be some kind of something else. It's just like you just can't have a attorney general that's just like we're going to see what's happening. Yeah, But what if they nothing. say
3: just no? And it's five years later. Then we're still then
4: we gonna, listen to me. We're gonna be here for five years.
6: We already committed to we already
4: committed to uproot families and mm-hmm. bring them.
6: Listen, but we already committed to to be clear is that if I'm committed to a city and a committed to a case, it doesn't mean I have to always physically live here. Like us being able to travel here, build some infrastructure which we have committed to doing here, making sure people have a space to organize so that when we come, we have a place to organize as well. And being able to maintain our relationships with local folks, make make sure that we are still, you know, being ambassadors to their work and making sure that we're attracting resources to their work. Mm. That for me still means that I'm still in community with you. So I'm always going to be in community with you until you get the results of what you've been working for, which is to get not really just justice for Breonna Taylor, because that is why we came. But I think once you get justice for Breonna Taylor, it sets a type of precedent and power for people to get other things.
7: And I think it's revolutionary. The idea that you're going to use a tactic or a strategy that isn't used often, that you don't see folks currently using, to me, that's what you have to do. You have to do something different to get new results. Because the results that we've gotten are as a result of what we've done, and it hasn't been far enough. It hasn't been what we're seeking. So I think this is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And I think you also have to show people first that I'm willing to sacrifice and do something others may not right cuz the idea that others will sacrifice without having seen sacrifice is just not going to happen yeah
6: and and also like for for us like i don't need anybody to say oh we sacrificed or oh my god how you know, amazing or incredible we are. But the bottom line we, is, we did. You know, no one who's from New York City is trying to move to Louisville, Kentucky. You know, that's not exactly the first priority choice of a place you'd want to move to. We all have kids. We left kids behind. We left elderly parents sure. behind in a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and right. this is the moment where what we don't see often, and I'm not saying we don't see it at all, because there are elements of our community well, that certainly. are sacrificing their careers, their lives, their children, putting it all on the line. Right. And the question is, how do we get more of those folks out in these streets? Right. And you and I, Angelo, yeah. I that know, got some places to be because we have some direct action. So Well, organize. we appreciate
4: you. These are the co-founders of Until Freedom, Angelo Pinto, Linda Sarsour, Tamika Mallory and my son Until Freedom is Until Freedom,
3: Until Freedom Until Freedom. Until Freedom.
0: Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. Along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then, trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with Intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure.
1: Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going
4: on a road trip. I thought in that moment...
3: So I was contemplating my thoughts of the 2020, but certainly my thought of today and for this show. And when we talk about like Black Panther, right, thinking about Chadwick and just what it means to make it to a Black Panther, what I believe is necessary, and I think you agree, is that we need a Selma, Alabama, or Montgomery bus boycott moment. Like, we have to either get bloody or... Or or snatch people's pocketbooks, and I don't mean it in the robbing people sense. I'm I mean, not, yeah, they this up?
4: <laughs> they, of course <laughs> you know, they, they were locked the up. Out
3: <laughs> but I I do mean in the sense of like really hitting America in its pocket. So mm-hmm. it's one thing or the other. I don't think that we can get where it is that we're trying to go in terms of what it looks like to truly be free by asking. At this point, because I, I think we've done everything, you know, even in this debate about the NBA. Right. And and how the NBA's strike because they did strike for at least one day mm-hmm. um, how it could be or could not be impactful. And people are like, well, if they stay and they continue to play, they can make it have an impact just by being on the court. And I'm like, real? they, they had a T-shirt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have
4: tea. they they've been doing it and yeah. doing a damn good job. And I and I had a conversation with somebody today and I said, you know, they've been doing it, right? And it's and it's just like what's happened in movement, right? We've been marching, and that's why a lot of people's like, your marching does nothing, right? And and I understood and I started to realize what started to happen. As we started to protest and the protest was making them uncomfortable because they didn't want to do the work and they didn't know what was happening, what they started to do is dictate how the protest went. Right? They started to What Who's make,
3: the they you're talking the, about?
4: The, um, the city, the officials, the government. That they was start, making them uncomfortable. Yeah, they, and then they started to say, you know what? We don't need to be uncomfortable. We just need to say, okay, we're going to give you all the streets. You know, the man said, let them pro- let them go out there. They have Just as long as they're not violent, as long as nothing's happening, and, and we give you the street, and we tell you where to march, and we tunnel you, and we watch you, and you go home, and you felt like you did something, but we still ain't changing nothing, right? Because we didn't, you didn't do anything that warranted us to do anything. You just marched. A bunch of people came outside. We heard you, and we let you scream and yell. And we said, that was cool. Thank you, and we didn't do anything. Unfortunately, when they stopped being able to dictate how we protest when we started to when shit started to get broken and, and and highways started to get flooded and people couldn't move and they started to lose you know money and things like that there started to be changed. and what happened with the nba what
3: changed though well
4: look there started to what be, change okay there's starting to be some they made some laws that have got changed
3: this is true you but know not
4: not significant not enough and that's what i'm trying to explain to you like in the last couple of months of these protests more laws and changes have been made than I've seen in the last seven to eight years.
5: Well,
3: that's, well at least I'll say this because when we say laws have actually been changed, I'm having and a hard time. Right. I'm having a hard time thinking of which laws specifically that have actually been changed um, are in effect in this moment. What I know is that more has been introduced and more people, more legislators are having to sort of shift to the left if you will or to shift towards a more progressive hard left position and saying that they will support well when we talk
4: about Breonna Taylor's law well
3: that's true Breonna's Breonna's law in Louisville that's one place. That's the thing. You understand? Banning no knock ones.
4: They're talking about doing the George Floyd law. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. But those have, been, those have been introduced. Those have been introduced, and they've been and people are saying we need to do these
0: things.
4: That's right. So people are championing these laws and these bills. Prior to that, they were just like uh, there was a conversation. We Eric Eric Garner got choked, and we protest for days. There was but there was nothing that really happened for five for five years. All we finally got was him fired after five years.
3: Well, and then after, right after that, some things, to your point, have been done. You talked about Brianna's law, and then I guess the chokehold bills across the country where everybody's trying to make sure that they ban chokeholds. So these things are important. I'm not trying to take it away. And I think you're right that we've seen more of a radical position from some of our elected officials since these movements have been happening. And by the way... Um, You know, if you think about all of, you know, what we've been able to accomplish, I'm talking about as a people, just in terms of the movements that we've had, it always has been based upon towns burning, people dying, um, and there being an extreme, the movement being, uh, having factions of it that were extreme, that's just the truth. I think some of us want to be at a place where we can actually have a protest and then there be change and not have to get to the point where people have to be arrested. People have to give up their freedom. People have to, you know, and fight those who want to burn down But there has buildings. to be a consequence.
4: And that's, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. And that's what I was talking about the NBA. And, and, and when they sit down and they say, you know, we're going to have a meeting and, and we're able to have... Black Lives Matter on the floor we have jerseys those things are beautiful but what 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 do these owners what do the government plan to lose from these things those are things that can pacify you and I'm not saying and, it, and I understand what you're saying but for me it's like if I let you do that right if I'm saying, look, if all I got to do is let you wear jerseys that say Black Lives Matter, and I lose a million dollars, and you're going to come to work every day and, and get billions of dollars from me, and that's all I got to let you do is do that, and what does that take from me? Because right now, the whole world is saying Black Lives Matter, so you're not doing anything that's revolutionary right now. Everybody, the most racist person, got a Black Lives Matter Saying something black lives because it's trendy and they know they can't say You're something. are not the most racist. Well, listen to me. Well, the quiet racist, the quiet racist person is, is is openly saying, "Yeah, I'm with Black Lives Matter movement." So, what are you doing to shift something? Because well, they I, they, well,
3: I, they well they fo- they and they tried to fill a need. Okay. And the need that in this moment. People are not going to be able to vote properly, and being able to turn these stadiums in some of the stadiums across the country into locations, polling locations where people can go to vote that in itself mm-hmm. is a really significant deal maker. Okay,
4: but that should have been alongside I agree fact, because Jacob Blake was the reason why people were mad, right? Milwaukee said they're not playing because they watched Jacob Blake get shot seven times in his back. And LeBron said on TV and said they could have tackled the man. They could have grabbed him. They could have did all types of things. There's no way that you could tell me that they're supposed to shoot that man. So he acknowledged that these people did a criminal act. So if none of your demands call for the criminals who shot that demand to be have some level of accountability, then what did we do for Jacob Blake? What happened to Jacob Blake? Well what happened? Because we to decided Blake so vote? we decided that going to the polls to vote, right? Where to vote. And honestly, people don't even know who they want to vote for. People, and we know who we need to vote for. And we're gonna go do it because most of us have no choice or feel we don't, and some people really not. But the reality of the situation is how does that help Jacob Blake?
3: Well, because I guess the whole point is that It it started as a Milwaukee Bucks situation, but then it expanded to being beyond just him and LeBron and others who 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 are not...
4: Who made it beyond
3: it? Well, because the urgency was not a Jacob Blake urgency. Jacob Blake just became a straw that broke the camel's back. Okay. So people have been frustrated all over the country. And the question is, how does your your local demand become a part of a bigger movement? And how do you impact change from a larger perspective? And I think that from their perspective, the voting piece is super important because we know that it is, de- is connected. I me tell you why I don't, really see it. <coughs> I don't really see it
4: as important because I have not heard Biden say we need to defund the police. I haven't heard Biden say the shit that's going on, we need to all the way change. I have not heard him take this position on the way he's going to change the way that Jacob Blake died to where some significance. Now, if you were telling me that we're about to get somebody that I know is going to radically change the criminal justice system to a way that what happened to Jacob Blake would never happen again, then I can almost see that to where it benefits. But nothing about voting is going to help Jacob
3: Blake. Well... I agree with that. I think that it's it's that people are upset with me because I said that if Obama, um, well, we talked about this already, but that if Obama, uh, if his position was uh, that LeBron and them should go back to work, and if that's part of the advice that he gave them, I think it's a pitiful piece of advice. Yeah, that's I think just so me. too,
4: because I don't understand how working yeah. before the, for the system who has an opportunity to change who. These Because, listen, these owners are billionaires who lobby for these people who are getting voted in, who sit there and say, hey, we need to make sure we we don't pay these amount of taxes. We need to make sure this, so we're going to donate to campaigns. So one of the donations they made to campaigns should be like, y'all need to put some police accountability. We need to change laws that make sure that these things don't happen. And if you're not calling out these owners to
3: do that... Then what are you going to play for? But all of these things are definitely connected. And I think that from the NBA players' perspective, their goal, like, you know, they're trying to figure out, which is, it's a, it's a tricky thing. How do I maintain the camaraderie of our family, the group, how we came here, doing what we love? doing what has helped many of these young men to be able to get out off the streets to take care of their families? How do we maintain that and still make demands at the same time? My position is when people look at us and say, well, you know, why are we being divisive by calling out some of what we see happening, which I don't even think we're calling it out because I certainly am not. I've said it many times. O- I think it is already I, divided. I, I think but I have said many times that... I'm not even. I, I also. I definitely understand the challenge that these black men are facing in this moment. I've said that many times, but the thing is. I- wasn't the one that said I was gun I wanted them to strike the I'm point. just trying to say like if it wasn't strike, us strike. it wasn't us that came up with the strike they came up with the strike so then we said okay good this is another layer is to our it. movement let's do them. it and I and I and I and 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 I think it's so important for us to note which people don't want to hear us say but there's not been many things that we have gained just because we voted the Civil Rights Act the Voting Rights Act, Uh, The Housing Act, Fair Housing Act, none of them were won because we voted. They were won because there were strong movements on the ground where the movements were so powerful that the leadership, the elected officials and the powers that be had no choice, no matter which party they were a part of, no matter what their ideologies were, no matter how racist they may have been. They had to shift because the economic structure was crumbling based upon line. the movement, And that's the bottom line. And so I don't see... So I don't, I don't know how this will all work, but I have to say that President Obama is very clear because he knows the numbers and he knows the hashtags, he knows the names, that although we voted for him, there are many people who we have hashtagged that died or were murdered under his presidency. That means that just voting is not enough. That's
4: that is that's the best example you can say. We, we picked the best president most people feel we had. And, and, and we still was dying president. under him.
3: And I love Obama. I love Obama love like he's my second but father. But you got to call it when you listen. I love, I love, Obama, I love Obama. But I love when everybody. you become president, first of all, I think everyone, no one is above critique. No one is above critique. But when you become president of the United States, you move yourself into, into a, a category where people now have the right to challenge your advice. Um, I don't think we should be in your personal business because I never think that that's uh, yeah. something that we should be doing. But certainly, when it impacts the ways in which we as society, as a society, will continue to operate, I think we have the right to critique and not. And and they said, well, the fact that you use the word pitiful is disrespectful. Well, guess what. I didn't say President Obama was pitiful. This is one of the most incredible leaders we've ever had. But I will say that that advice becomes a part of a pitiful system of, you know, let's try the same things over and over again with a little salt on it and see whether or not there's going to be something different. And and you know what? My my whole position is eventually they'll get Noah look crazy until it started raining. And that's it. We gonna come back
4: to where we are no No, matter what. Bottom line. So listen, my don't get it. It's really simple. You know, I just don't get why we still have to fight for Breonna Taylor to get cops arrested. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't I just don't get how almost six months later a woman who was killed in her home shot
3: why do black people say killed killed it's killed
4: killed she was killed <laughs> killed killed whatever you want to call it that lady, Killed. The lady,
3: black people say killed
4: the lady was killed she was killed <laughs> in her home you know and, and we still fighting hmm. just to get somebody to be held accountable man we we've had over just with our organizations alone we've had over 150 arrests but they still haven't arrested cops. that killed Breonna Taylor. And I just don't get that. For me, you know, it's it's a spit in the face when you talk about a democracy, when you talk about a justice system, when you talk I'm about... I'm sitting
3: here thinking, what 150 people is he talking about? Is this man crazy? And then I begin to, to add, add up, up the up numbers, numbers. And you're right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: You know, and, and it's it's sad for me. It's sad that 150 people have got arrested... And these officers haven't been arrested.
3: Maybe it's because we haven't been working on getting uh, polling centers open.
4: That's what it is. So the polling centers will get them arrested?
3: I'm just saying. I'm just asking, we really think, need a different strategy
4: because this is not the end all be all. We off. need all of the strategies. Right. Because we're on agree. the grounds. They're supposed to be in those rooms. And people going to be like, yo, I'm not. And that's
3: what I think we should say. That's what, that's what I think people are trying to say about LeBron and them. Let them go to work. And use their platform from their base. What,
4: they keep saying the same thing. They've been saying it, and I love that they're saying it, right? But maybe they can kneel. But they. But the thing is, kneeling doesn't even matter no more because the NFL is saying it was wrong about Kaepernick. They should have let him kneel. If they don't, this is what I'm trying to tell you. All of this is performative. They will allow you to do anything that makes you look black right now. You could. The more black you are, the more they want to attach themselves to you right now. Every corporation wants to donate hundreds of millions of dollars to the BLM. Who's the Black Lives Matter organization I want to donate to? I want to seem like I'm really doing something. I want to give up this $100 so I can keep making this $100 So I want, I want to be on the right side of these people, right? But we understand that when you start to cut the economics, when athletes start saying we're not playing, then the hundreds of billions of dollars start losing. And then they're like, okay... Something is going okay, right. wrong.
3: Drastic changes Dr- on It has to, to
4: be drastic, drastic change. Yep. It has to be people saying, "You know what? I know that I don't got it. It's going to take the top NBA players and the top NFL players to say, you know, what? We we going to pay everybody's bills for for about 6-7 months. We we not going to work. We saying we we opting out this this season. We are going to strike until we actually get Sustainative change. So we see substantive change, you know. And and when you do that, then you'll see your power. I think we don't exercise our power so much that we don't even realize we have it. That's so true. You know, it's like everybody. It's like the people that that work in the building think that they work for the boss. But the boss knows the minute y'all start working,
3: I ain't got nothing. I got nothing.
4: It's like a system. It's like, yo, you want me to tell you how? Because we started doing, you know, the little, um, what was it? The, um... The
3: susu thing we was doing. And this is how life is. No, I wasn't doing no susu. Well I don't know well, what people you're wanted about. to do. Yeah. There's I never, susu I never agreed. To no,
4: the we didn't agree su- to, but, but when but people were, started
3: talking about it. And what happened
4: it, is you started realizing the only, it way only it works is when you participate. And the minute that somebody stops, it stops. And you don't even realize that people think the system only works when people participate in the, the machine. Only moves when all the pieces are moving, and we inside this machine, and we think that it's gonna work without us.
3: And we scared to get off. The oh, machine. that's what they somebody said on my page. They'll just come up with another NBA. No, they won't ever. It can't. It's MBA. impossible because once you take once you take the air out of it, it would never have the same value. It won't until it actually reckons with the initial reason why the greatest stars walked away from it. But I don't think we're there yet. I think we I still think have we a are, long but, you way know, to go. And I
4: think that we just, as we say, radical in our thought process. We we're too radical. But we understand what it's going to take to really make change. So I just don't get it, man. Well,
3: drastic change requires drastic measures.
4: Yes. Well, once again, we had another dope episode of Street Politicians live We have some. From it's Louisville. It's coming,
3: though. It's coming, like, a larger platform for street politicians. Yes, it's coming. Um, a different platform that people are going to be hearing about soon, but we wanted to, while we're in Louisville, make sure that we do an episode just to talk about a lot of things. I feel like there's still so much more we're gonna, we could talk about.
4: And what is? we have a new initiative.
3: Uh, oh, so de- definitely, because during BriannaCon is so important that we make sure to tell people that during BriannaCon, one of the things that we gave away for free. For was free. and an entrepreneur. Free,
4: free, because we didn't get anything. Right. Everything was
3: it free. It was a, an entrepreneurship program uh, that people can sign up for where they can get a lot of tips and tools for becoming an entrepreneur and and really engaging From A to Z, it
4: tells you how to become how to start your your corporation, get your co- corporation. Get all of these, exactly. everything
3: how to get your relationships established with other individuals in your industry and so um, we gave away enough of the programs uh, to make up, I think, like a, a $1.3 million in yep. giveaways. giveaways. And people have signed up, a lot of local Louisville folks who understand gentrification. There's a lot happening, as you said, with poverty and other issues, which is the same in every black community we travel to across America. That's okay. um, but here, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking for, like, what's next? And I think the entrepreneurship program is so definitely, powerful so definitely. if people still want to know about it you can dm street politicians at street politicians pod at street politicians pod and we'll get to see your information in there it was a great episode
4: great great awesome episode once again you know we can't do this work without you guys man so thank you for supporting us man people say Yo, how can we support you at until freedom what can we do you know you i don't take donations we take investments we call it investment investing in our in our freedom so you know we, we don't like to feel like it's charity because we all have to believe that freedom is possible and we're doing our part so you can go follow until freedom you know and you'll see different ways that you can get involved with the organization or just invest if you can't come out and just be personally involved so once again we want to say thank you for all of the supporters for until freedom and street politicians pod you know me and tamika Will not always (laughs) agree i'm not gonna always be right and she's not gonna always be wrong (laughs) but we always gonna be authentic that's how we own it that's how we own it
0: black tech green money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs it's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
4: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God.